Fantastic to join you today from Scotland, where we have come a little bit late to the degree apprenticeship party, having just started our first cohort in September 2017. Um, however, the delay was really caused by our healthy scepticism about a free market economy and education, which um, it's going to be interesting to see whether degree apprenticeships are going to be similar or different. I'm very interested to um, to invite you all to, uh, to work with us on maybe some comparative studies. So I'll explain how we went about them in Scotland. Um, but what we've been doing is looking at the experience or the aspirations, what the uh, degree apprentices are um, hoping to get out of their degree level study. Um, and we've been um, doing that in a kind of systematic way. So, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll introduce Ella. I'm Sally, this is Ella. And actually we're delighted that we're joined by Kenny, who's one of the programme leaders, um, gearing up for a new um, cohort in September. So, as I mentioned, introduced in Scotland 2017, and the way it was um, introduced, the funding is, is quite different. So. Uh, the Scottish Government will grumble endlessly about the fact that they don't get the apprenticeship <coughs> levy. So there's not a pot of money somewhere that has apprenticeship levy over um, as a title. And it's part of the settlement with Scotland. And um, so they don't really see, well, that's, that's our pot and that's the employer's pot. There's not that same link that you've got in England where now I think employers are saying, oh yeah, but we're paying this, we want that. Um, it's a much looser um, relationship. So it was funded through Skills Development Scotland, which is quite interesting because they really, as an organisation, ran careers guidance counselling in schools and skills development um, at kind of non-university level. And our main funder, our equivalent PEPI, Scottish uh, Funding Council, was not involved in, um, in rolling out these um, degree apprenticeships, which has been quite challenging for universities as there's a bit of a lack of understanding about what a university degree is and how you can achieve one. Um, so our degrees, what they did say was they have to be four years. Our Scottish degrees are still four years, so it was going to be equivalent to studying um, full-time, as in, in, in many uh, universities in England as well. Um, but they must be in full-time work as well. So they came forward with three frameworks initially, and they're all around IT, so we come from the School of Computing. Software development, ITM, information technology management for business, and cyber security. So, Skills Development Scotland established these are the courses that you can run, um, and they invited the universities to bid for places on those courses, which is slightly different as well. For us, our model is one day uh, a week on campus, I think that's quite um, typical, for the first two years, and then we go to one day a month um, for the last two years. Um, and then we have professional practice. So I was interested in the description that what we don't want for the degree apprenticeships is um, one, day, one day a week and a bunch of projects, because I think that's possibly what we've kind of come up with in our first iteration. So the background then, Skills Development Scotland set up these technical groups. And I think this is what took a little bit of time. Where, where was the demand? So where were employers crying out for skills that they couldn't access through the normal graduate um, market? Um, and so they identified a deficit of computer science graduates, um, and especially in cyber security. What they did, they just took uh, a couple of frameworks off the shelf that had been developed by the Sector Skills Council for IT, which was Tech Partnership, which is folding um, imminently. <laughs> Um, and so that, those were kind of ready-made, this is the sort of thing that we want to see on your course. 
um, when you put in your, your bid for funded places, you have to show your alignment with that. Um, so these technical groups were formed with industry reps, um, partly to, to come up with these frameworks, but also partly to be absolutely clear there was demand in those areas because the funding was going to flow um, on those frameworks. So colleges and universities then all got busy um, preparing their, their bids and it was a competitive process. Not all universities got involved first year, but there's absolutely no doubt we're, we've done our phase two bids and they start in uh, 18. Phase three bids, it looks like every university is going to be all of it uh, next time round. Um, what was included with the frameworks going out to, as part of the tender documentation was a, a kind of wibble manifesto, if you like, and this was to make sure that we weren't doing a day release course and, you know, doing over six years, which we've all um, traditionally been more familiar with. But they tried to set up the tone for what we expect of work-based learning, so there was a, a supplementary document there. Curriculum is definitely to be employer-led, but that didn't work in practice other than employers being on these technical groups. And the reason for that was they announced who was getting the places in March when we started the course in September. And it was really hard enough to find um, recruits without first negotiating the course because we had to get it through the university quality process. So none of them were particularly, I don't think, employer-led. Employers have a very um, diverse group of voices anyway, so I think that would have been quite a challenge. Um, so employer-led at one level, but not um, in terms of curriculum. So in Scotland, what they were a little bit concerned about was that there might not be quite as much demand for these um, graduate apprenticeships because at the moment still free for students. Um, they don't pay any fees in Scotland. Sorry if they're Scottish. Domicile, but if they're um, from the rest of the UK, as we call you, rock students, then um, they do pay fees. Uh, so, but they can take out a student loan for living expenses. Um, and so th there was a, some potential there for widening access and thinking about um, students from, uh, that, that were traditionally uh, not keen to, to go into debt. Uh, it was open to all ages. And what, well, we'll find out what the, the, the apprentices were like. Um, our research focus then um, has been, we've, we've got a, a centre for computing education research and we've been looking at uh, placement most recently, so work experience for computing students. So it seemed a natural fit to move on to look at the, our, our graduate apprentices. But what we've done is very much uh, inspired by the Paired Peers project. So we are interested in matching our apprentices with our own campus students rather than in a different institution. And we're also interested in this longitudinal, so following them through, and that was very much the, the structure of the Paired Peers. So we're interested in their motivations, why they come here to do an apprenticeship and not come to be an on-campus student, especially given um, that it, there's not the same levels of, of debt necessarily. Uh, what their concerns might be, we're interested in how they're experiencing it, which we don't have any data with yet particularly because it's quite early on in the, in the cycle. Um, then we're kind of interested in an identity as well, so the development of their professional identity, organisational identity, but student identity and how those um, tensions play out. Um, and then we're very interested to find out what actually is work-based learning and how's that actually going to be um, experienced. So that's a kind of research now and in the in the future. Hand over to Ellen Okay, so um, we've got two, two to three methodologies, depending how you look at it. The, f the first 
Oh, that I forgot to findings. That wasn't good, was it? Ah, okay. I skipped. Right. So we did the first method was we did, we did some workshops with the with the apprentices on their induction day um, in September. So the first day on campus, they had a bunch of of, of sessions looking at what they were going to do and how they were going to cope. And one of them was a research workshop. We did a wee survey just to get some very basic background information about um, how long they'd been in their job, where whether their parents went to university, that kind of background level. Um, and also we asked them about their motivations for studying. What did they think they would gain? What, what did they bring to it? Um, and in that that workshop we then did a rich picture session so we assembled them into teams we just pretty much by where they were in the room we, or we let them make their own teams depending how you look at that um, about what four or five people in a team and we gave them some questions to address which were essentially about um, what were their hopes for the coming four years what were their concerns what did they think the challenges would be um, and then and they drew these lovely pictures and then they reported those back. And so from this, from the workshops, we ended up with surveys from about 20. I mean, short, short surveys, a couple of sides. Um, and the rich pictures and the group's audio transcribed descriptions of the pictures. And then we, we did some interviews later on. Um, so from the workshop, from the demographics, we found about half of the group considered themselves to be middle class, a rather blunt question, but we asked it. Um, and about a third of the group, neither parent had been to university or poly, according to their children. Um, ah, and I've got another, I've got a ghost group in this. The thing is, we, 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 did, we did this workshop again later with on-campus students to, to, to give a comparison. But on this one, to keep the presentation short, we're really only presenting the data from the apprentices. So when you see each group or more diverse, that's compared with the mirror group that we're not really talking about. Sorry about that. Um, didn't read this through, through that carefully. Okay, um, and the apprentices were more diverse in age than their, this on-campus group of students, um, with a third of them over 26. A half, of the, half of the apprentices had been with their employers for more than 18 months. So they, they didn't join their employers in order to do the degree, nor were they fresh out of school. They were established. And one, one's been employed for more than 28 years. 18.2% um, did join their employers just to do the apprenticeship. Um, and that's compared, we compared with the quarter of the on-campus student had a part-time job. But they were, first, they were in first years in the first semester, so a lot of them wanted part-time work, but hadn't got that far. The um, graduate apprenticeships... More, more likely to mention the degree qualifications in terms of their aims, and they mentioned the skills benefits to their employers, not just to themselves. But both most groups were really interested in coding and programming till they had to learn it. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, what are they worried about? They were all worried about learning and understanding coming into an academic environment. Would, would they actually be up to it when push came to shove? Um, and the GAs were more worried about work-study balance. How much of that was, because that was what they'd been presented during that induction day. I, I don't know, obviously, it's a reasonable worry. Um, and keeping their job, because that's, they need to keep their job for four years, give or take. And whereas the on-campus students were, were young and they were worried about the practicalities of living away from home. And they were also very, very worried about money. 
So we pulled out some of the themes, and actually we have compared. So the graduate apprentice um, pictures are here, on campus are here, and they all had something like a kind of hazardous journey, some perils, some challenges. Uh, they either depicted it as climbing a mountain or some sort of snakes and ladders, so there'd be some successes and then some failures along the way. So the rich picture is quite a nice, it's, it's come from systems design, a methodology from systems design, and it was quite nice for them just to um, express themselves. Um, and it was interesting to see the divergence, but for the kind of hazardous journey, that was common across both our on-campus and our graduate um, uh, associates. So this is a, a leap of faith here into, into some sort of roller coaster, um, and some of them are really quite imaginative and um, alarming. Uh, <laughs> interestingly, the end goal for all of them on campus and apprentices was actually having a house, going on holiday, having life experiences. It wasn't the degree. They, some of them depicted the degree, so they were standing with their waterboard um, getting a parchment, but it was en route to something else. Um, so actually, the material acquisition was the main thing. Here we've got, actually, this is interesting, in Scotland we've got money which buys sunshine. Which means <laughs> actually travelling and going abroad and experiencing sunshine in a, a place where it's more readily available. Um, so we've got mansion and playing golf and um, things like this, the paycheck, um, travelling and so on. So that was definitely, the wealth was an aim and an outcome, a su successful outcome. What we did notice, so unsurprisingly, for the on-campus students, money came up. And it's interesting because the financial position of students has not changed in many, many years. Um, but I think they pick up on the discourse in England. They pick up on media stories about levels of debt for students. And I think they just think themselves into a worse position than actually they're in or have been in historically. So it was preying on their minds that they're starting out both sets were just starting their course um, so this is a kind of prohibition, they've not got access to any money, they're going to be uh, broke. This one was interesting, so this was the on-campus showing this really steep-sided um, pool of debt that it didn't look like it was an easy way to, to get out of, but they've also got this dotted line, so somehow somebody's going to be able to skip across if only they know how. Um, so that was uh, quite interesting as well. Um, and then we've got being deported, um, but financial difficulties. So that came up in, in almost all the on-campus student um, pictures. And then what varied a little bit, they, they were all worried about how they're going to balance all these new things. So transition, many new things to learn and, um, and get experience of. Uh, for the apprentices, they're interested in work and keeping a balance there. What comes up quite a lot appears here as well, also balancing things, this, is, this exam script's got an F, maybe they've had to spend too much time at work and not enough time on their studies, do slip in a beer though, which is <laughs> quite nice to see, and this is interesting, so quite a few of, them, of the apprentices have drawn coffee cups, which I think if it had been um, a less widely varied age group might have been more like the Red Bull logo or Monster or something like that. So keeping yourself awake with coffee is not so much the, the younger person. But it's, it's interesting to see how the icons are things that are accessible. They can think, oh, I can easily know how to represent this. So um, 
for the on-campus students, they're kind of more, a little bit more interested in, okay, how am I going to fit in sleep, my time on Netflix and chilling and things like that. So they're balancing slightly different, uh, different things. So the second thing we did, which we're doing now, is we're interviewing the apprentices individually and it, we're using a life narrative approach. So we're asking them about events going through their life, focusing on education and focusing on work and focusing on their decisions around those. For example, asking them about role models, asking them who they talk to, asking them what their friends and parents' reactions were when they heard about the apprenticeship and when they started studying it. and asking them about their, their conceptualization of apprenticeship, of student life, these kind of identities as well. And then we ask them some questions that, that give us some information about work-based learning and, and how the, the, their study at the university integrates with their work life. So we started doing these in January and, and we're, we're, still, we're still doing them. Um, but, and we've done eight so far. And that's the, what, what we're, we're going to present here. So there is something about their experience of the first two, two trimesters of the course, or the first six months, depending how you look at it. So again, the, 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 the people we've interviewed so far, the people who've volunteered without me coercing them, are people that are a little bit older and have been in their job for a more established amount of time. So if we'd interviewed four people like this and four people who are school leavers, we'd maybe get quite a different picture. Um, they have got a, quite a range of technical skills. Somebody, some people were very well experienced within their job, but essentially self-taught programmers, whereas others had a more managerial role or a more help desk role and were, were, were new to programming entirely. There are academic qualifications, again, from somebody who, who had got an, an O-level to, to a couple who have degrees in other disciplines. And about half of the people that I spoke to had done modern apprenticeships. Um, so and the mapping between the modern apprenticeships and the graduate apprenticeships in Scotland is, is a bit messy at the moment. The, I mean, there's a theoretical step, but it's not really in place, partly because you have to, you'd probably have to step into second year, and most universities want you to start this in first year, if they haven't got their second year course ready yet. So, so, so that was the meaning of the apprenticeship to them, is that, that, that they'd already done an apprenticeship and they knew what it was. And, and one of them had done, um, uh, oh, what, what, did, what do you call those things that we had in, in the 80s? YTS. Yeah, one of them had done a YTS yeah. as a joiner. So really we had the, the gamut of people when we said, what does an apprentice mean to you? So they, they had agreements um, with, they had support within their workplace, and mostly, and they were their... Um, their managers were happy to give them different work or move them around if possible so that they could get their professional practice module um, so that they could get the, the skills they needed and the experience needed for their learning agreement, but also so that they could apply the, the um, information that they were getting on at university, for example, on a Thursday, which is when they come to us. Um, the, the, the apprentices, they built a little cohort among themselves because they're all doing these coming on it's quite intense Thursday when they have lecture practical lecture practical all day and they're all t mostly all together at the moment there's the three different subjects work together and, and they developed an intense co cohort that spoke to each other they saw each other as 
a lot of them seem to say as people in a similar situation. These guys are working in IT or working in IT companies, and they swapped stories about their work and and helped each other, um, and had a network on social media and that kind of thing. Um, and some of them had really had begun already to apply their university study or their thinking to their work. For some people, that connection was very obvious. Understanding of work-based learning, there was mostly an idea that their university study was done, was their university study, and their work was their work. Maybe sometimes they had time at work to go through the notes from their lectures, or they did them at weekend, or maybe they talked a bit about work while they were at university, but the idea that skills learnt at work were accredited or, or realised or reflected upon within the system was still not really part of the apprentice's concept of the degree. So, um, so far, our conclusion so far, obviously this is this research is very much in the middle. Um, and what we're finding, this talking to apprentices, when you... The, the models of them within the policy discourse, where there are models of students, it, it seems very thin compared to this great diversity of experience. And you know, we, we think that this 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 very big this mix of students with students who are upskilling who are already in work compared to students who are coming straight from school, we think that's that's going to be a feature for a wee while yet. Unless I mean, unless the government really moves the food tables, you know. Um, so 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 with this diversity really has to be taken into account. Um, the, the, they, they, the apprentices expect a challenging journey to their degree. Their end goal is to become a skilled employee or even a manager of their own company or, or move into a different um, different role, um, well, obviously with the material wealth that accompanies this. Um, they have a current work identity. Most of them had a strong identity within their workplace, a, a, a confident work identity. Um, and some of them had really quite extensive skills and respect. So ideas of, them of developing professional identity, I think we have to apply those ideas quite carefully in face-to-face in -face contexts. They really valued their uni cohort. They were enjoying the degree. They said they were making friends. They hadn't really thought about it like that, but they made, they'd made friends with this cohort, apart from people that hadn't and saw them as a clique. Um, that's life. That, it, it, it was sad, but it was life. But I think we'll catch up a wee bit. Um, there was some university and work integration, but work-based learning really, really was, was still a bit vague. So I think we've got a reference list, and then we've got um, there. Is it open for questions? Thank you very much.